0: Amen. You can remain standing with me if you would. It's an honor to be preaching to you on this Sunday morning. And as many of you know, um, our pastor right now is overseas um, at the French European Youth Convention, preaching there. And he had he sent early this morning a message. Uh, to us, that he he would like to share. So, if you would turn your attention to the screen at this time.
1: This is Pastor. I am right now uh, near Paris, France. Just finished preaching a youth convention, and I wanted to share a miracle with you. Yesterday. The outpouring of the Spirit of God was so powerful. There was a family that was from... Muslim family from a country that I cannot name. It is the first couple... Hey Anchor Church, this is Pastor. I am... Right now... Uh, near Paris, France. Just finished preaching at a youth convention and I wanted to share a miracle with you. Yesterday the outpouring of the spirit of god was so powerful there was a family that was from muslim family from a country that i cannot name it is the first couple hey anchor church this is pastor well, i am
0: um sorry <laughs> um the the video goes on goes on to say that in in this In this service, in this youth convention, there was a Muslim uh, family that came to the Lord, that received the gift of the Holy Ghost, and he was getting ready to go watch them be baptized in Jesus' name, amen. There's more to it. There's more to it. He said, this is the only family that we are aware of uh, as an organization Uh, This is the only people that we're aware of that are now believers from that country, the only family in that country. Isn't that amazing? It's a miracle. It's a miracle. God is doing amazing things. And he says at the end of that video, it's hard to be away from home, he said, but I know I'm in the will of God. And so thank you. Thank you for praying for your pastor continue to pray for him god's doing amazing things there and uh, we are um, we are a body that believes in apostolic ministry and by believing in apostolic ministry we believe that it that that it's not only paul's job to preach to us all the time go study the go study the New testament Paul would travel and he would preach to these places because God called him there and although he is our pastor, God has called him not only for Zanesville in this body and this region, but God has called him to operate in other fields and other places so that they can hear and so that they can receive the things that God has put into his life. We are an apostolic church. We are an apostolic church. And I come, and I come to preach to you today not as a separate voice, but an echo of His voice and under His authority uh, to bring you the Word of God this morning. Philippians chapter 2, I will begin momentarily with verse 5. You don't want to miss tonight. Bishop Frank Bounds will be here preaching to us. It's always a treat to have to have the bishop in the house and uh, always a good time. I always enjoy the stories and laughing and... Love it, you know. You want to be here. God's going to move in a great way. Somebody say, amen. "Amen." Philippians two and and five. Let this mind be in you. Turn to somebody say, "Let this mind be in you," which was also in Christ Jesus. Have the same mind that Christ did, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God what's that saying that's that's saying although he he was God although he was God he didn't come to the earth boasting to be God he didn't walk up to people and say hey I'm God (laughs) he didn't come boasting the fact that he was God who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and made and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross wherefore god also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'm going to preach to you this morning the greatest soldier, the greatest soldier. Would you put your Bibles down, lift your hands toward heaven, and let's pray together, Lord. Come on, I want you to lift your voice and pray, Lord, in the name.
2: Name of Jesus.
0: Oh, if you're expecting God to do something this morning, would you clap your hands loudly unto the Lord? If you believe He's going to do something, would you add your voice to that clap? Come on and just give Him a shout of praise this morning. God bless you. You can be seated. The greatest soldier. 2 Kings chapter 5 dives into the story of Naaman. Everybody say Naaman. He was known to be a mighty warrior, known to be a mighty soldier in the Syrian army. He was a captain that was known for many victories that he had won. History will tell you for all of the for all of the 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 maybe the scholars in the house. History will tell you that Naaman was the man who shot the arrow that killed Ahab. Ahab was the king of Israel. His wife was Jezebel. Stole Naboth's vineyard and had Naboth killed. History tells us that Naaman was that man who shot that arrow in the sky and lands in King Ahab and takes his life. Naaman was a mighty warrior, but there was one problem with Naaman in 2 Kings chapter 5, and that was he was full of leprosy. Full of leprosy. And here we have the beginning of of the story of a valiant, brave, strong, and courageous man full of something that he cannot control, that he cannot heal, and that he cannot treat. We have a man full of pride, full of belief in his country, dwelling with something in him that he cannot Control. He's full of leprosy. And the story goes on to say that there was an Israelite girl. She was a servant to Naaman's family. And and that little girl told the wife of Naaman, she said, Oh, that, oh, that, oh, that my master Naaman would go to Samaria. There is a man in Samaria that could heal him. There is a prophet in the land of samaria that can take care of the issue that he's dealing with in his body she didn't have it's it's interesting to note that in syria the there there was no treatment anywhere in the world there was no treatment for leprosy it was an uncurable disease that would eat away at the nerve endings of your body to where you could place your hand on a hot stove and not be able to feel anything. You could you could uh, you could you could stub your foot and break a few of your toes and not feel anything. And so leprosy was a disease that ate away at the body over time because of the absence of feeling. And this young lady rose up and said, I know of a man who knows somebody that can heal the issue that you're dealing with. And I want to tell you from the outset of this message on this Sunday morning, we have a lot of valiant, courageous, ambitious men and women in our city, in our state, in our country, and in our world. We have a lot of good people Around us. I realize what the news portrays and says, and that the world is going crazy, and part of it is, but 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 that the world is, is is losing it, losing their minds. But there are still good people around us. But just because you're good doesn't mean doesn't mean that your life is gonna be absent of trouble. Doesn't mean that your life is gonna be absent of hurt and absent of pain. Pharaoh, the, the the leader of all of Egypt in Exodus had everything that he ever needed until the plagues came. He had everything he ever needed until those frogs started showing up on his doorstep and he'd go to lay down. He'd lay on frogs. He'd he'd try to cover up. The frogs would be in there. He had all of the answers until he he had something that came into his life that he couldn't control. And there are good people all over this city that are good-hearted, good people, but yet still dealing with a sin problem. Not because they're bad, not because they're terrible people, but because of the fact that we were all born into sin. Everybody under the sound of my voice was born into You didn't do anything to get there. You didn't do anything to have that nature. You inherited that nature because within your family tree, your great, 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 great. Grandfather and grandmother, Adam and Eve, they sinned. Jerks. They sinned. They messed up. They. They bit of the, the fruit of the tree, which wasn't an apple, by the way. They bit of the fruit of the tree and, and Eve gave it to Adam and, and Adam took a bite of that. And and now and now, ladies, you gotta have babies and, and you gotta be in all this pain and, and us men gotta go through mental pain. I love you, honey. I don't know where you are. Please be good to me. Gotta go through all of that because within within us is inherited now a nature of sin, a nature of wrong. We we just Inherited it, but there was a little Israelite girl that was out there in the world that said, Hey, I know you're dealing with a leprosy issue that you can't control and you can't cure, but I know of a man that if you'll go to him, he'll pray to a God that can take care of the leprosy issue in your life. And I want to tell you on this Sunday morning, the whole purpose of this church is to let some good people born in sin know that, Hey, I can take you to a man. I can introduce you to a God that won't leave you the way he found you, that'll pick you up, dust you off, and restore restore you to who he wanted you to be. I know you came in here addicted, but he can make you whole again. I know you're having marriage trouble, but God is able. Oh, you may have worked, you may have walked in here with circumstances you can't control, with diseases you can't cure, and addictions you don't know how to get out of. But let me be the first to to introduce you to a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. N.A. may have told you once an addict, always an addict. A.A. may have told you once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. But the church on this Sunday morning wants to tell you once an alcoholic, never never an alcoholic again. Once somebody broke, busted, and disgusted, now restored. There's nothing too hard for God. She tells Naaman's wife, there is a man that you can go see. Naaman, the story doesn't fill in the gaps, but Naaman makes his way, makes his way to the prophet Elisha. He's living in Samaria, and the king of Syria sends Naaman there to be healed. And, and um, he originally goes to the king of Israel, and the king of Israel panics and says, Am, am I a god that that I should heal him am I a god that I should that I should heal this man of his leprosy if you're if you're dependent on a man you're doing it wrong he's, elisha hears news he says send him to me send him to me and I'll pray and I'll pray for this man and he's going to be healed naaman naaman goes naaman goes to elisha's house and when he now imagine naaman Naaman is loaded down. He's got this, he's come with this chariot full of gifts and money, silver and gold, and and, and changes of clothing, beautiful clothing, and, and all of these different gifts that he has prepared for Elisha so that he can be healed. And Naaman goes to this house, certainly, probably a little nervous. He's got a death sentence on his life. Sure, he's the emotions of the moment was wondering: is is this really going to work? What what is he going to look like? What is he going to say? What is he, I, I'm sure the thoughts running through Naaman's mind were endless. But nevertheless, Naaman pulls up to the house and 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 and, and, uh, and hits the lock button on the carriage, and he pulls up to the house. And not really, but he pulls up to the house, and and Elisha's servant walks out Gehazi. He says, "Hey, uh, uh, are you? You must be Naaman. I'm uh, I'm Gehazi. I'm I'm not Elisha. Name. I'm sure Naaman. Well, okay. Um, yeah, um, Elisha. He um, he's tied up right now. But um, if you'll go to the Jordan." To the Jordan River and dip in the river seven times, you'll be healed. That's all I got. (laughs) And you can imagine the tension and the awkwardness of the exchange. Here he had traveled from who knows how far. Here he had traveled all of this way, brought all of these gifts, and then a servant pops out and says, hey, go to the river and, 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 and do a cannonball seven times. And Naaman here we start to see the personality of Naaman because Naaman was furious. He wasn't just confused, I'm sure, but more than anything, scripture tells us that Naaman was absolutely furious at the exchange. 2 Kings 5 and 11 says, "But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the... He said, I surely thought that at least the man would come out to me and there would be this big display and Elisha would do this karate chop and something to the leprosy and all of a sudden it would be healed. That's Cody version. Pray this big prayer and do this big display and do this big thing uh, to be healed, but... But all I found was a servant going out and telling me these things. He said, are not Abnon, uh, Farpar, rivers of Damascus better than all of the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and, and be clean? Watch. So he turned and went away in a rage. And here we see the unbelievable contrast Naaman is full of pride and dying with leprosy. Full of pride, dying of leprosy. Wants to be healed, will do anything but that to be healed. Here we find the ignorance of pride. The destruction that scripture records of pride. I've got this issue. I've got this issue I'm dealing with. And I'll do anything to be healed but that. If you ask me to run a marathon, I'll do it. If you ask me to climb the tallest mountain, I'll do it. If you ask me to travel the furthest ocean, I'll do it. But ask me to do something as small as lifting my hands and surrendering. And you see in scripture, the twisted mind that comes with a spirit of pride. Pride will keep you from a lot of things, including healing. Pride will hold you back, hold you hostage from a lot of things, healing, deliverance, repairs in the family, repairs in the marriage. Pride will hold you back from all kinds of things, all because you couldn't. Humble yourself. And what I heard from God this early this morning in prayer to deal with on this Sunday morning is that some of you are dealing with pride in your life. You're a good person. You're a good individual. But somewhere in your life, you have allowed the stronghold of pride to hold you captive from what God wants to do in your life. God wants to heal. God wants to deliver. God wants there to be peace in your home. But yet here is the spirit that was on Naaman. Why does it take this to be healed? Proverbs 16 and 18, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 29 and 23, a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor, honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. And here Naaman is a living contrast, full of pride, but dying of leprosy. There are some of you in this room on this Sunday morning You've got pride, but you've still got the sin issue. You've still got an issue in your life that you can't control, Naaman. You've still got an issue in your world that if you don't push the pride aside, it'll never be healed. You'll never be delivered. It'll never be taken care of. But if you could ever conquer the pride in your life, if you could ever humble yourself and say, God, I can't do it on my own. I need you. Amen. On this Sunday morning. I need you. (laughs) Naaman Naaman finally through the words of his servant comes to himself. They said Naaman if he would have asked you to do this great thing you would have done it. If he would have asked you to to do anything that was great that That would bring attention and glory to you, Naaman. You know you would have done it. Are you really going to leave here still dying of leprosy when all he's asking you to do is go dip in the Jordan seven times? He wasn't asking much, but he was asking for surrender. It would have been easy. Would have been easy to dip one time, run to the Jordan, jump in, do a little cannonball, submerge, run out. It's all done. But when you got to dip seven times, you got to hang around a little bit. I imagine when he dipped seven times, he had enough time, enough time for a crowd to to gather around, wondering what in the world is this man doing? What in the world is this man? What's going on with this man? Why? Why is he dipping in the Jordan River? And it was the death of Naaman's pride. It was his pride that he was going after. He said, if you'll dip in this river, you're going to be healed. And Naaman Naaman did the right thing. Naaman pushed his pride aside. Naaman pushed all of that out of the way. He went to the Jordan, dipped seven times, and he was instantly healed. Instantly healed of this leprosy that was going to take take his life. Instantly healed. What is stopping you on this Sunday morning from just saying, hey, God, I need you. Oh, I know there's people in the room. I know there's people around that you might not know, some people that you might know a whole lot. I know there's people in the room, and I know it may look silly and feel silly to you, but God is just asking you maybe to do something that rides against your pride, that rides against the the thing that's telling you, no, don't do that. Don't show weakness in front of these people. Don't show surrender in front of these people. There is a God that is here on this Sunday morning that wants to heal you. If you would just surrender to him. If you would just give your life and say, God, I need you. It's that simple. It's that simple. All you have to do is call on the name of the Lord. He said, if you'll call on my name, you will be delivered. You will be saved. You will be healed. You've just got to call on my name. I'll tell you right now, At the mention of his name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ, either you will bow now or you will bow later. Either you will give your life now or you will acknowledge that you should have given your life later. You will at some point in your life bow. Why not bow when you have a chance to determine what happens with your future? I don't want to come across harsh. I don't want to come across giving you an ultimatum today. My job is just to tell you the truth. At some point in my life, as somebody who grew up in this thing, there came a moment in me where I had to bow, where I had to forget about my friends. I had to forget about my reputation. And I had to bow before him and say, God, I acknowledge my need of you. You have an opportunity right now, today. You have an opportunity to bow before that trumpet sounds. You have an opportunity to give your life to a God that wants to restore you. He said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. He didn't come to employ you. He didn't come to make you a slave. He didn't come to give you a job to do. He came to set you free. He fought the fight that we could not fight. He fought the battle that you could have never won on your own. He gave his whole life so that you could live in freedom. He is the greatest soldier. He is greatest soldier who being in the form of God stand with me thought it not robbery to be equal with God watch this Philippians 2 throw this part up there but made himself no reputation and took on the form of a servant was made in the likeness of men he was made in the image of what he created he humbled himself became obedient Unto death, even the death of the cross. Ladies and gentlemen, he went to that cross, carried, carried that cross up Golgotha's hill. He could have called 10,000 angels to come down and end it all. But he knew that if I don't fight this battle they won't be able to. If I don't conquer the enemy of sin people will never be able to walk into a church building on a Sunday being able to say look what God did for me. It's not possible without the cross. It's not possible. He brought the greatest victory that this world has ever seen. He could have opened his mouth when they spit on him, when they gambled for his garments at the foot of the cross. The only thing that came out of his mouth. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. He could have said, do you know who I am? Do you know that I made you and I knew your grandma and your great grandma made her? None of it. There is no greater display of humility ever recorded than that of the cross because the creator became subject to his creation. The creator became subject to the people that he made. So that you, so that I could live. The Lord is in this room right now. Ready to heal you. Ready to touch you. And minister to you. And take care of the disease in your life that you can't take care of. I want everybody to come to the front. I didn't plan on this going this direction. I don't preach long, and I know you're glad about it. The Lord is in this room right now. Everybody that would, I'm asking you to come. Pride will not hold me back another moment from receiving what God has for my life. I feel that in this room right now, that there's somebody, there's somebody in this room that's saying pride has had a hold on me long enough I've, I've, I've lived with it and lived with it and lived with it and lived with it and never acknowledged it, never been open, never just let it control me. But at this moment, I feel that there is somebody in this room that's saying today it's not going to control me. Today I'm going to make the right decision. Today I'm going to do the thing right. I'm going to humble myself today and say, God, I need you. I want everybody in this room I want you to lift both of your hands toward heaven. Why do we lift our hands? We lift our hands as a sign of surrender. I want you to lift both of your hands, close your eyes, and begin to talk to the Lord. Begin to talk to the Lord. Come on, God is moving in this room right now. Go ahead. Say, God, I surrender to you. God, I surrender to you. God, I surrender to you prayer team if you would help me right now there's people in this building that are going to help you pray they're going to help you right now get a hold of God come on call out to the Lord God I lay my pride down today I lay it down at your feet today I need you yeah come on Nancy call out to the Lord call out to the Lord i